and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident in your 30s. Today's episode is episode number 50. I cannot believe we've reached 50 episodes so many things to celebrate. I I say this time and time again on the podcast, but I'm just so in love with my podcast, with my listeners, with my guests, with my topics, with the fact that I get to speak into this microphone week in, week out and connect with you all. It is such an amazing privilege and I'm just so happy that I have such loyal listeners who I know get so much from this podcast. So really excited that this is the 50th episode asking you all and reminding you all that if you listen to an episode and you like it and you resonate with it and there's things in there that you want other people to hear or you think could be valuable to friends please 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 share the podcast share it on your socials share it by messaging it to people if you do share it on socials obviously tag me and if you really love it then I would so appreciate you going and rating the podcast and maybe even leaving a little review. That way I can get as many listeners as possible so that we can really spread the Turning 30 mission far and wide. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to just let you all know, for those of you that don't follow me on my Instagram, you may not know. And for those of you that do follow me, you definitely will have seen already that I am running the first ever Turning 30 in-person coaching retreat and it's taking place this September from the 21st till the 26th. It's a five-night, six-day retreat in the desert in Jordan. It's going to be a Middle Eastern adventure and I am so, so excited about it. We've put together a really unique experience for the retreat. Most retreats that I know and see advertised are really specific retreats for something like yoga or Pilates or even a fitness retreat. And if it's not exercise focused, then it's often really just coaching focused. And I've seen so many different business retreats and really things that are amazing because they're all really focused on one thing but I know that so many of you are really craving both those you know, coaching and the wellness retreats and the option to relax and really enjoy being away and also some adventure and some culture and going to potentially a new country or a new city and really to see the world and see something different. I talk a lot in all of my materials about how important it is to get out of your comfort zone you know solo travel and really just do things and make the most of your 30s and that's exactly what this retreat is going to be it is going to include a transformative six-day coaching program where we're going to be running workshops and then we're going to have time for integration in between I'm also going to be offering yoga sessions that are optional if you don't regularly practice yoga you will not be forced to come but I do recommend and will make sure that the classes are available for all levels we're going to be doing some other exciting things I have my special guest Aubrey Thomas joining who is going to be running breathwork session and we're also going to be going on some adventures so 
is going to be a trip to uh, Petra, which is one of the wonders of the world. We are going to do a day trip to that, and we're also going to be doing some desert experiences, meeting uh, the Bedouins who live in the desert and being introduced to their culture, and going into the desert in the, both the day and the night time. I did this trip, something similar, in November, and it was really life-changing. And when I was there, I just knew that this was going to be the location of my first ever retreat. And as I'm a woman of my word, it is now available for registration. It's going to be really intimate. There are only 14 spots and five have already been taken at this point of recording. I really recommend if this is something that you want to do, then you send your application in as soon as possible. I will put it in the podcast description so you can already click through to the information page and have a look. And there's also going to be a lot of time to just relax and chill out and be by this beautiful, beautiful infinity pool that is there at the hotel we're staying in five-star luxury resorts for the whole time that we're there. I'm being bougie and I'm making sure that all of you get to come along with me for the ride. So yes, I could. I feel like I could do the whole podcast just speaking about this topic. But what I will say is that I'm really looking forward to seeing some of you there. And I know that this is going to be such a highlight of my 2022. And I'm hoping that it will also be for some of you. Now, let's get back to a very special 50th podcast episode and I have invited back onto the podcast for a second time one of my all-time favorite guests and she was actually one of my first ever podcast guests, Dorothy Johnson. And we're going to be talking all about turning 30 and how to keep believing even when shit doesn't go to plan. Let me introduce Dorothy. Getting over your ex has nothing to do with time or taking it day by day. Dorothy teaches her clients how to get over their exes and build a better life than the one you had before. She does this by addressing the root cause instead of heartbreak symptoms and she uses a simple three-step process to heal your heart, create closure and get excited about your future again. Dorothy played a huge part in my life as a coach. We actually met many years ago before I was a coach and she was starting out in her journey and she coached me as she was training on relationship things and then we became really good friends and we were constantly in touch and you know really on this path together to becoming coaches and then I went through this big breakup that I speak about a lot on here and honestly I could not have got through it without her podcast her coaching materials are like nothing you've ever seen before now this episode isn't just about breakups this episode is about how to really adjust yourself when the life that you prepared for is different from the one that you're actually experiencing because I think that so many of us have this in our 20s we have a plan for how our 30s should look and then it doesn't look that way because things change shit happens whether it's a breakup or something else we often get thrown curveballs and then we need to reassess and rebuild and the thing that is so clear to me is that we need hope in order to do that and we need to choose to believe 
And that's why I think all of you are going to love this conversation with Dorothy because her story and all the things that she's been through and the skills that she teaches her clients really just goes to show how you can build a life better than the one you had intended. So let's dive into the podcast. Hi, Dorothy, and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast. Hello, I'm so excited to be here again. So excited to have you here. And it's been 18 months, I think, since we last recorded together. And it was one of my very first mind-blowing. I know. What has happened that 18 months have passed? And I know so much has happened for both of us. We were just chatting before we pressed record. I want to start by saying congratulations on your recent engagement. So exciting. Thank you. I am very excited. Excited. That's a whole story in itself, but yes, very excited. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I, I think as the breakup coach and somebody who obviously chose this niche because of your breakup story, it's amazing to, and just inspiring to hear of your news and to see your story unfolding, obviously watching you on, uh, on Instagram and we're in touch, but do you want to start by just introducing yourself to the listeners and explaining a bit about your journey to becoming a breakup coach. Yes, I would love to. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here. So my name is Dorothy. I love Emma. Emma's been like one of my BFFs since I started coaching. And so where should I even start? I'm like, I guess back in 2016 is when I went through my very, what felt like a very traumatic breakup. I had dated this guy for about seven years and he had finished dental school and I had finished grad school and got my big girl job in like the big city of the United States in Chicago. And we were moving back to Florida and we got the house. I was so excited. I was 26 at the time. So For me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really like moving into this life that I was like looking forward to this whole time of like, we're, we got the house, we're going to get engaged. We're going to have babies, you know, the regular route of what we see in society. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What I I call the, the, the turning 30 manuals, obviously they're for every every age, but you were doing all the right things. You were on Mm. track for the timeline of settling down. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So good. And so I was really excited. And then I, about a month after we were living there, I had to fly back to Chicago for like a work thing. And I land in Chicago and my boyfriend calls me and he says, Dorothy, things just aren't working out. I don't think that we're going to be able to continue doing this. I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just moved to Florida. to Florida with you. I was home a week before. I'm going to be home in a week. And you had to do this over the phone. Who do you think you are? (laughs) I was so upset. So I'm very stubborn. I'm a Taurus, um, super stubborn. So I decided that while I was in Chicago, I was going to find a place to live. And I canceled my flight home. I found a place to live and I moved in with my suitcase. And I told my boyfriend at the time, or my ex, I guess, that I was like, I'm not coming home until I know you're not going to be at the house because I'm just like that upset with him. And so he had to go to a place to do his exams, his boards or something for dentistry. And so I knew he was going to be gone a month later. So I went back to the house when he was gone and he had piled all of my things in the front room. And my neighbor came over and was like, Dor, I have to tell you, there's been another girl living here ever since you left for your work trip. She's like, she looks just like you because I thought it was you until I saw at the time I had a YouTube channel called bench babe 
please don't look it up. <laughs> and I had posted all about this breakup. And so she was like, I can't believe it. And, and honestly, at that point, I like wanted to vomit. I was like, so not only was I devastated and heartbroken and like grieving my best friend or who I thought was going to be my best friend, my life partner, all the things. But then I was super angry and resentful about how this girl seemingly just came in and took the life that I had worked so hard for the last seven years. So I was very, very upset. I was not in a good place. But from that point forward, I was kind of like, I am committed and determined to figuring out how to live a life that's bigger and better than the one that I had with him. I refused to go backwards. I was like, I am not because for, and we're going to probably get into this a little bit, but I, I started using this word portal of possibility. My ex really was a portal of possibility. He opened up this portal to me of what was possible and available to me. And of course, coming out of the breakup, I kind of thought, oh my gosh, that world's not going to be available without him in my life. Like the lifestyle because of money, like he was going to be making what felt like a lot of money at the time as a dentist, having a husband, having a home near my family, having a family, all of that felt like it was really tied to him. But it really also opened up my eyes to these are things that I really want. And I don't want to not have them just because he wasn't in my life. So I got really down to work. I Googled, how do you get over your ex? How do you forgive and let go? How do you move on when your partner moved on really quickly? And I did all of the things, you guys. All the things that Google gave me, I did them all. And a year and a half later, I was still just struggling with anger and resentment. And at that point, I had found myself in a new relationship with a wonderful man who I started like seeing these repeat patterns of getting jealous, being really insecure, starting arguments. And I was comparing him to my ex still and bringing up my ex in conversation with him. And he's like, dude, come on. <laughs> I'm not your ex. I don't do these things that your ex used to do. Please stop projecting that on me. And so that's when I realized like clearly something's not right here. Something I haven't addressed something and I didn't necessarily know what it was, but that's when I found life coaching. That's when I found out thoughts, create feelings. That's when I found all of this the amazing tools that you teach your clients that I teach my clients. And it just changed everything for me. It made me really realize what I was making the breakup mean about me, how I wasn't lovable. Clearly, he never loved me if he moved on that quickly. And all of these painful stories that was just compounding my suffering and dragging things out so much longer than they needed to be. Um, and after I came out of that for myself, along the way, I was kind of documenting and sharing my breakup journey through fitness because I had really gotten into fitness and working out, making sure I looked good because I thought looking good would make me feel good, meditating, journaling, traveling. Like I tried to outwardly, I looked like I was doing great. So people were reaching out to me being like, what did you do? How did you do this? But inside, not until I found like the the life coach school tools and coaching and everything, did I actually feel good inside. Mm -hmm. So at that point, People were reaching out to me asking what I did and asking for tips. And so I was like, you know what? I actually want to be a breakup coach. This is something that isn't talked about. I didn't find any of this stuff on the internet. I want to be sure that we start a movement, what I call the Braveheart movement, of doing heartbreak differently, being brave enough to not 
fall into the societal norms and start going out and healing heartbreak in a completely different way, addressing the root cause, not just symptoms like no contact and things like that. Does that make sense? Not only does it just make sense, it's it's so inspiring because I think that we both share this, you know, really, really strong connection to our niche. We're both really, really passionate about who we're working with and it comes from our own journeys. And, you know, I've heard your story probably 10 times now. You know, I've obviously been following you for however long. We coached together when you were just starting out and you hadn't even picked what you were going to focus on. And also I have binge listened to your podcast. You know, when I went through my breakup, your podcast saved me and I've heard you on other people's podcasts I've heard the story so many times and each time I'm just it's that shock it's that what you went through was so traumatic when then obviously with the 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 new girl that came was there straight away and all the things and each time it just kind of makes me like oh god what have you been through and then so inspired that you turned what you went through into your story and into so much success, which is basically what we're going to talk about today. Because what you know, we, we've already recorded a podcast in the past about the turning thirty issues of breakups, the things that make it harder when you're in your thirties, and those you know topics. But today, what I want to focus on is talking about how to build your next chapter when you go through such a big change, such a big breakup, when basically the the plan goes to shit as you as you were you know you've been through yourself (laughs) how to do it that's what I love so much about your work and your program is you're helping people recover from their breakups but not just that you're helping people build a better life afterwards and I think it's amazing and it's yeah I love it so much and that's what I really want to dive into today and something that I think is really important about your work is the timing thing. So you call your program, what, what's it? I don't, I don't want to get it wrong. How yeah, to get no, over your ex in three months Get over or your ex and yeah, get over your ex in three months or less. Yeah, because timing has nothing to do with healing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the most common things that I heard on the internet. And that's what everyone told me. People and people thought it was very beneficial. And, and I totally get it now that I see it from reverse. But mm-hmm. It's like people will be like, oh, it just takes time to heal. Just give it time. Like your heart is going to need time to heal. And it really has nothing to do with time, right? Because if your stories about yourself or about the situation don't change over that time, you don't feel any better. That's why after a year and a half, I hadn't addressed the fake stories that my brain was feeding me, those little lies, those sentences, because I didn't even know that thoughts created feelings at the time. I hadn't changed those stories internally with myself. And therefore my feelings didn't change no matter how much time had passed. You can Mm -hmm. ask any, like any person with PTSD, it's not time that heals any of that. It is changing the internal dialogue that you have with yourself. I think it's actually a really dangerous myth that is put out there when it comes to breakups, that it's, okay, you'll be fine. It just takes time because that makes you just sit back and be really passive and just say, okay, I won't do anything because I know that even though I'm suffering now and I'm in pain now, I'm going to feel better in six months, one year. And you're right. And, and I know this as well from personal experience. If you don't deal with what's actually going on inside, it, it festers and it lingers and it comes out in other ways, you know, and mm-hmm. the feelings if you don't process those emotions at the time, they get stronger and anger turns into resentment. 
you know, and it, and it mm-hmm. becomes like a trauma response when you actually don't uncover it. So I love that aspect of you helping people with their time. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think one other thing to talk about with that too, and which is, I'm so excited that we're talking about the next chapter thing. Cause I've just been so involved with it right now. I've created a next chapter mentorship for people who go through the get over program. And like, one of the things we're, we're talking about and doing a lot of is creating things that seem impossible mm. and how time doesn't determine how quickly an outcome appears in your life in the physical reality. And a lot of times we, we're like, oh, it just, for example, maybe someone believes like, oh, it just takes time to buy a house or we have to write, like wait for the right timing to buy the house. When in reality, that might not necessarily be true. And I'm just using that as example as an example because I have a client, Sarah, who it was so cool. In the three months that we worked together for the Get Over Your Ex program, not only did she get over her ex, she bought her dream home, which at the beginning felt like an impossible thing, right? And it just goes to show you like three months in your life could change drastically the oh, entire trajectory. I know. And obviously I also run a three month one-on-one yeah. coaching program and mm-hmm. you see the crazy changes that happen and it's nothing to do with time and it's everything to do with stepping up, investing in yourself, time, money, energy, all of the things and just changing the way you think. And then it's the, the way you're thing. being, the, making different decisions to get different results. Yeah. hundred so percent. I know, I love it. so good. I just love how we're both like, oh, we could just talk about our coaching <laughs> forever. But let, let's let's talk a little bit about something that you said when you were uh, introducing your, you know, yourself and what you do about how when you broke up with your ex and you were in those kind of depths of despair, the big thing for you was this loss of a future, the loss of the future that then you decided then and that, okay, this uh, portal of possibility and you wanted to create the same future for yourself because you still wanted those things, right? I didn't mean you had to go out and create something different, but you wanted to do it on your own terms and you know, in a completely different way. What would you say to somebody who is experiencing now pain and grief after a breakup, maybe even a really long-term breakup, who thinks it's not possible to build the next chapter with all of you know, the, the things that they wanted to have with their ex that they don't have now? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way I kind of structure the Get Over Your Ex program is through four pillars because there's four main belief systems that you have to knock down. The first one is like learning to experience discomfort, feeling your feelings. We're not going to talk too much about that. Building a relationship with yourself, which is also looking at what you're making the breakup mean about you. So how that might play into the question you're asking is, is it about your capability? Do you think you're just not capable of doing that? And is that a made up story that you've created based off of the breakup situation or your views about yourself? The third pillar is about creating closure and rewriting your breakup story. But the fourth pillar, which is the most important part based off of what we're talking about today is all centered around addressing the disempowering stories you have about your future. And when you're in that moment where you're experiencing so much pain and so much loss and so much grief, it's really important that you go through those, those pillars in a certain order, because it's hard to go from, I'm in so much grief, loss, and sadness directly into anything is possible in my reality. Completely. Completely. We've got to, right. We've got to find the smallest shift. And for me in that moment, it was 
about, I am now indebted to myself to go out and create everything on my own so that no one can take it away from me like he did. Mm. It started with like that. It wasn't even like super, it's not even an empowering or a possible like optimistic thought. It was just like, I'm committed to myself so much at this point. Like I am now realizing and awakening to this idea of I'm going to create everything on my own that I have ever wanted the most amazing, epic, beautiful life. And if someone wants to come join me, that's awesome. But I will never put myself in a position again where someone leaves and half of my life is gone with them. And so I talk about all the time using an ice cream analogy called the Sunday, right? It's like you build your epic, beautiful Sunday and your partner just gets to be the cherry on top. And if that cherry rolls off, we've got a whole other jar of cherries to join you. Or maybe you don't even want a cherry. You want a raspberry or a strawberry or chocolate fudge, right? But at least you keep your Sunday. And that doesn't mean that you don't build a life with someone else. But it's that you recognize that any life that you ever want is going to be available to you regardless of who's in it or not in it. Does that make sense? Not only does it make sense, I think that the irony of the, of it is, is that when you go to build the Sunday, when you go and putting, I'm imagining you know, the ice cream balls going in, the cherry wants to sit on top of that so much more when the ice cream is there. Right. And, and, and that's when we're manifesting love and we're manifesting a future partner. If we aren't busying ourselves by focusing on us, then the cherry doesn't want to come. Or maybe it comes and then it doesn't stay on the top very long because it can see it's the energy that you're going out into your life with. So I think it's also really important. That's a really good um, example of that. That makes so much sense because it truly is. Once you get to that place where you've built up your amazing, beautiful, epic Sunday, you're just magnetic. I had a client recently Instagram message me and she has, she's just finished the get over your ex program. And she goes, Dory, you're never going to guess who reached out to me. And I'm like, of course your ex reached out to you because you're fucking magnetic right now. You are on fire. I want to date you. That's how amazing you seem right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I love it. It's so, so true. And I think sometimes that's a really hard thing to process when you're also going, it's when you're going through the grief, it's a really difficult thing to process when mm -hmm. you're trying to, you know, deal with those emotions and the pain and the loss and, and you know, the breakup itself. And then you, you could be becoming more magnetic and then you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm you start feeling feel yourself right now. But yeah. I feel good. And mm -hmm. I feel free and I feel independent and I feel empowered and you know, all of those things speaking very much from experience here and it can become complicated because you're like, mm, should I feel, should I feel so Oh my so gosh. Good? And this goes along with your business structure a lot too. Cause I kind of see our, our businesses as like sister businesses, because I feel like we're both kind of rebels and daredevils when it comes to societal norms and like breaking those down. And it's kind of the, you talk about it in a little bit different way, but the way that I would kind of describe it is when you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm feeling good. The only reason we're questioning that is because we're trained and told to believe that heartbreak is really painful and that it takes a long time and that you can't move on quickly. And there's all these like weird unsaid rules about how breakups and divorce should go that not only hinder you when you're trying to like move on from an ex, but it's also hindering you if you're feeling really good post breakup. Because you start judging yourself. Yeah. Based off of, that way. Yeah. Based off of made up rules that 
society made as a collective that don't have to be true. Wow, there are so many rules for how a breakup should look. I actually uh, had a session with a client this week who's just gone through a really big amicable breakup, but after like a very, very long relationship, just as she's turning 30. And we were really talking about this, that it's so complicated when you also, you know, you feel this intense, intense grief and also a kind of relief and an excitement for the next chapter. And then you guilt Mm -hmm. yourself into thinking, oh no, I shouldn't be excited. Look at what I've lost. And then when you're in the bad place, you have to really actively and consciously remind yourself that the next chapter is coming. And I think that's something, you know, for any listener who's going through the depths of a heartbreak right now is to remind yourself that the next chapter exists. And a way that I like to do that or suggest to do it is to, to be expanded by looking at other people who have gone through really big breakups and come out on the other side of it. So I know that you're, you're definitely one of those people for me, you know, obviously you went through this big breakup, you created an amazing business on it and now you're in a relationship and you're so happy and I'm sure that you're you're expanded all the time because of what you do so you're seeing success stories all the time do you have any good stories or expanding stories and maybe your own your own story as well your your new love or not I love this so much because I think it's fascinating that in my job I don't think I've ever said this out loud, so I don't know if it's going to come out right. So we're just going to play with it for a second. But I sometimes get jealous of my clients who are going through breakups. Sometimes my brain is like, oh my God, do I need to go through a breakup right now so that I can have such a huge transformation and shift everything and become a completely different person? (laughs) Honestly, like I'm not joking because my breakup quit. The transformation that I went through when I after my breakup was the best year of my life, hands down, the hardest year, but the best year. I also feel like oh, life feels a bit flat now. I'm not going. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like not something my big has to happen. Like something huge has to be uprooted. Like it's almost like you get addicted to like pulling things up and pulling things out of your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest lessons that I have been learning in the past. I don't know, for like the past year, I think, is getting comfortable having what I have. And so it's been really fascinating doing that because Mm -hmm. I am constantly like, oh my gosh, I need to grow and change and do these big things. And I'm on board for all of that. But sometimes growing and changing is keeping things kind of the same. Yeah. And I I know that we're laughing about it that, you know, (laughs) we get jealous of people going through it, but that's only because the jealousy comes from or those positive emotions come from for me anyway the joy that you see when somebody finally cuts off a relationship that wasn't serving them and that they get into a new position and the opportunity the, yes, the new, and they get freedom right and it's like it often happens and i'm sure you, you actually you meet people when they're usually on the other side of the breakup, right? Because mm-hmm. they're joining the, the program at yeah. that point. But maybe even with friends and family, you know, when you meet somebody who's pre-breakup and you're like, you know, and it's really hard to, you know, to say to them, whatever's on the other side for you is going to be so much better mm-hmm. because there's so much fear around going through the breakup. There's so much, yep. you know, I, I prolonged ending my relationship for, you know this, you were coaching yeah. me in, in, the years, mm-hmm. in the years before the breakup. I was prolonging it so much because of that fear of being alone, fear of being single in my 30s, the fear that I wouldn't meet somebody else. And when you're in that space, you can't see the woods through the trees. You just can't see it. 
but there's so much waiting for you on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is so much stuff on the other side. I have so many examples of this. I don't even like know where to start. I, I mean, I was on a coaching call with the next chapter mentorship earlier this week. One person was, so I coached, I think three or four people. And it was like, one was in a new relationship totally obsessed with this man. But then of course, like working on making sure she doesn't sabotage it because it's so great. Another person is moving in with their ideal partner, like three months post getting over her ex. So that was like very exciting. Another person, Sarah bought her house, which was this amazing, beautiful thing because she felt like her divorce was going to keep her from being able to purchase the house because of all these legality things and still being on it, the mortgage of the other house, all this stuff. And then a couple of other people are just like really loving being single and loving everything kind of that you preach about, right? Being single, learning like, do I even want kids? Do I even want to do what? the normal path was supposed to be. Maybe I was doing it for the reasons of my ex, all of that. And then for me, it's been, I mean, like you just said, we, I got engaged, which was so crazy, such an amazing, beautiful experience, right? So not only on the other side of my breakup was this amazing, beautiful business where I get to help millions of people blow my own mind around what's possible, be able to fund my family, but also falling madly in love and also learning that relationships can be easy because I think I was taught that relationships, like they take work, you have to compromise all of this stuff. And that actually really hit me in the second relationship that I was in. So not speaking about like the the ex-boyfriend that I told you guys about, but Matthew, which was the boy that I was actually dating with when you and I were coaching. And I think I was dating him when we recorded our podcast last, I think I was still in Boston. And It was, I had been doing thought work on that relationship for a really long time. I spent probably like a year and a half doing thought work on that relationship and trying to like get okay with things that I wasn't okay with. And that was beautiful and amazing. And I'm really glad that I did those things and I, that I worked on it because I got to a place of like, I love this person for who they are. I think it's amazing. I think it's awesome, but I wanted something different. And it became real. I had a conversation with another coach colleague who was talking to me about how much I love my niche. Kind of like you were talking about. It's very clear that we have very, very passionate about our people. And she goes, Dor, I just like love how easy it is for you to love your brave hearts. And I'm like, yes, I love them so much. They're awesome. Totally head over heels for them. I don't ever have to do thought work around how much I love them. And she's like, that's how I feel about my husband. Like, I just want a niche that I can, like, that's as easy to love as my husband. And I was like, what? You love your husband and it's that easy and correlation. Like when I put all that together, I was like, I can love my husband and it'd be as easy as loving my brave hearts. That blew my fucking mind. Wow. So that's when I was like, okay, I want to try something different. I love this man. I love our relationship. There was never anything quote unquote wrong. He wasn't a bad person. We had amazing convert. Like he was awesome. So it was so weird to me trying to leave a relationship where there was nothing wrong. So I left that relationship, moved to the place that I wanted to be, right? Just becoming more in alignment with who I wanted to be. And then I went through this whole process that I talk about inside my programs around dating of 
figuring out what are the things that I want, like really want in a partner and then creating like correlating questions that go along with them. And so when I went through my own program of like getting over my ex and then ventured into dating, it was really cool because I was like, I'm only choosing people who want all of the same wants as me, who want to like talk about having babies, who want to get married in the near future, who want these things that I want, even down to the point where I was like, I want someone who loves to do yard work, who takes care of their house, who does what they say they're going to do, right? And so now being in a relationship with someone who naturally loves doing and being that person, it's so easy. I don't know how to put it in words easy to just rest in that relationship and not be doing thought work about it every day. It's so interesting because as you were speaking, I was thinking of a question that I know for sure that I asked you when we coached together, however many years ago it was, probably five years ago, when I asked you, you know, when do you just know when to change the circumstance, i.e. to go through the breakup? Like, how do you know? And I think so many people who are going through a, through a breakup or uncertainty within their relationship, and then they discover coaching, and they say, okay, I'm going to work on changing my thoughts and my mindset. I'm going to do all the things. What, what, how do you get to the point where you say, okay, you know, yeah, for me, you got to. Mm -hmm. for me, it was that I had tried the thought work. I had gone through and felt really confident in my ability that I have put forth all of the thought work and I was good. And I really liked the relationship. And, but I still knew that even though I was solid in that, I wanted to experience a different kind of relationship. I wanted something differently. And I think that that comes to prioritizing your want. Yeah. We always talk about like, I need this and I want that. And what if they were the same? Like, what if you prioritized your wants just as much as your needs? Because I think they're just as important. I don't like, I'm so grateful for that past version of myself who said your wants of wanting someone who wants to run errands with you, who takes care of the house, who does things without you asking you prioritizing that and having the bravery to prioritize those wants for yourself created you a life that you didn't even know was available to you. Wow. So I think it's, I think it's a combination of like feeling confident that you have tried what you wanted to try and feel confident in your own being of that. Mm -hmm. And then also prioritizing your wants over your needs. Yeah. I really love it. I think it's really uh, true. And I want to touch upon, again, the dating thing, because I know it's something that you speak about in your in your program. And it's that's a big question, right? Because a lot of people find themselves single. Maybe they didn't expect it. Let's even say in their 30s and dating's changed a lot since our 20s and lots of uh, different things and lots of dating apps and other, you know, kind of changes in the dating world have happened since a lot of people have been been single and it's something to consider and actually I put our podcast um recording on my Instagram before and the only questions that got asked were all about dating you know how can I get back in date in the dating uh, world after so long how can I make myself stand out in the dating pool the other question I got was how can I open my heart again you know after it's been so so hurt before so I'd just love to dive into that with you and talk about you know, you already said getting really clear on what mm -hmm. you want 
Yeah. Your intention, like having an intention before you go into dating is really important. Like, am I going in, is my intention to find my husband? And I think what I have seen with a lot of my brave hearts too, is they don't even want to say that they don't even want to like, that's truly what they want. It's an authentic desire, but they're afraid to even say that that's what they desire. So if that is what you desire, allow yourself to say it. I want to date because I want to find a husband. That's okay. That's an amazing, authentic desire. But if you don't, that's also okay. Am I dating just to like have fun? to experience connection with people in a way that I haven't for a while. Like all of that's so good, but having an intention is so, so important. And then I like to walk through something called a connection map where I look at what are all the connections that I desire in the world and who can I connect with? So it's like, I have my coach colleague friends that I can talk to about business and like all of that stuff. I have my friends from high school who I like to go to like festivals with. I want to be able to connect intimately, like sexually with a human being. And I would prefer for that to be my romantic partner or husband. And so get clear about what connections you desire in life, because that makes it a lot easier to recognize and realize like, am I expecting my husband to meet all of these connections? And what would it be like if I understood what were the connections that were really important for my husband and father to my children to actually meet, knowing that I can get these connections from other places. So I'm not like expecting my, because there was a difference between dating someone and it was like this passionate, amazing thing versus my husband and the father of my children. I want him to be solid, secure, grounding, takes care of shit. And it, that to me is way more important than this person who like, what's the word? Like gallivants and is like, I don't even know how to put it into words and not saying that there's not a person who feels both, but for me, I wanted more of that and getting clear about that through the connection map was really eye opening to me because I was able to say it would be really great if that person had this but I really want the security, the groundedness, more of that vibe in my next partner. And what the beauty is, is Jake is totally all of that. Like he's grounded and secure, but he's traveled the world way more than I have and is just extremely playful in ways that I'm like, I don't even know what that, is. like when he talks to me about his travels, I'm like, I legit, I don't even know if I want to know. Please don't, like, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. So I know he would go to a festival with me, but I'm like, do I, I don't know. So <laughs> that was like a whole thing, but the connection map was super useful for me. And then identifying, taking that and putting it into your wants list, right? Like these are all the things that I want. And I'm a huge questions person. I'm starting to now know that I, like as I've gotten into human design, I think that's just a part of my design is I love asking questions. So I always took my wants and put them into a question. So for example, you know, I really, one of my wants is someone who's actually doing things to get to where they want. Like I had, my last partner was really good at like creating this vision and it was clear as to where he wanted to be, but there was very little progress being made towards that vision in the four years that we dated. And so one of the questions that I asked was like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And what have you done to already get there? And so it was very clear on my first date with Jake, he's like, oh, here, I want to be here. I want to be retired by this point. And here's all the things that I've set up. And here's the things that are doing that are 
guaranteeing that I'm going to be there at this time. And I'm like, holy, that's way more put together than I was. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just really cool to see that. And then of course there's thought work happening throughout, right? About all of your limits that you might have or think. And I think there's a lot of dating stigma happening around like the how, and I don't want to get like too far in the weeds or anything, but I have a tool called thought shifting. That's really useful when you can look at something you've already done in your life or feels like a done deal for me, that's baby Marilyn. So I believe I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to name her Marilyn. I'm not pregnant yet, but I believe very strongly in her. And one of my thoughts about that is I'm not above any of the hows. I give zero fucks about the how. I know she's already a done deal and I have no drama about how it's going to happen. But a lot of us don't think that way about dating. And I think that that's the exactly what you've just said is the thing that people say suffer it's a bit of a strong word, but yeah, like when this newly single or maybe even not newly single, you're just back in the dating game after however long post breakup. And then you go out and you start dating. I think that the thing that causes us the most amount of doubt and uncertainty is the, that we don't know what the future holds. So we don't have a crystal ball and we can't say, okay, on this specific date and this specific, you know, in this specific place, I'm going to meet the love of my life. And it feels too hard to just go out there and keep going and persevering and dating and dating and dating until you find the right person on the backdrop of a limiting belief that it's hard or that it might not happen for me, you know. And I think that that's what I see the most in my clients is that Mm -hmm. fear of failure, basically the fear that it might not happen. I have a really good analogy for this. Y'all ready? Hit me. Okay. Most of us go to the grocery store. Some of us walk to the grocery store and then some of us drive to the grocery store. So I just want you to imagine yourself driving to the grocery store and you hit a red light and you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to make it to the grocery store. You get out of the car, you start rolling around like a crazy person being like, it's not going to happen for me. I'm just never going to get there. This is the worst. I was supposed to already be at the grocery store already. Like that is not what we do, like, do to get to the grocery store. We get in our car knowing that even if there's a detour, we're most likely going to still get to the grocery store. But that's what we do in so many situations in our life, not just dating, but so many things in our life we do that with. And it's like, what if you view dating as getting to the grocery store? Like there's no way you're not going to get to the grocery store, but stopping at every red light and then throwing a hissy fit about it, is it getting you closer to the grocery store? It's you stop at the red light and you either take a turn or you wait a second. And then you move forward. Once the light is green, you you don't make it mean you're a terrible person because you stopped at the stoplight. Such a good analogy. And I think it's a really good analogy as well for, for business things. I know I'm, Mm. I'm coaching a lot of people who start starting their own businesses. And then it's, it's that minute that you get a block or a failure or something. It's like, Oh no, maybe I should just give up. Yeah. That's how it was. That's the analogy. That's how it was used was with business at our mastermind at LCS with Brig Johnson. And it was like, oh my God, that's the same thing my clients are doing around dating, Mm -hmm. around finding a husband, creating a family is we're stopping at these stoplights and then making it mean like we're these terrible humans. And it's like, no, this is just a stoplight. This is just one obstacle 
and we're, we don't always get green lights all the way to our destination. Sometimes we do, and that's amazing. But by stopping at the stoplight and getting out of your car and like make beating yourself up for stopping at a stoplight, that's just not going to be useful for you long-term. Because at the end of the day, if you are actively choosing not to believe that you can build the life that you want, whether that's with someone else or alone, then the chances of it happening are so much slimmer than if you mm -hmm. actually believe it. So why wouldn't you believe? Or it I, could be right in front of your face and you don't see it because you don't believe it's there. Exactly. That's and crazy. I think that that's the power of coaching. And I know we were saying just before we got on the call about how we feel that it's our responsibility as life coaches who are coaching. And obviously we both sometimes coach people who are in the coaching world, but majority aren't in the coaching world. And this is, you know, most of my clients and I'm sure most of yours, the first ever entrance to this world is with our, with our programs. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really something that we should discuss and, you know, how coaching can help you get there, how coaching can help you build your next chapter and look for you. What happened, as you were saying at the start, when you were explaining your story is that when you discovered coaching, everything shifted. Mm -hmm. And the same thing that happened to me to the point where I'd already been coaching for a few years when I went through this big breakup. Gosh, thank fuck <laughs> that yeah. I had coaching because <laughs> yeah. I would not have got through that breakup without A, coaching and B, your podcast. Like, mm -hmm. seriously. Yeah. It's so wild. Coaching changes everything. It just, in my opinion, it opens doors you didn't even know were there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think that it's something that do you, do you experience this, that people are maybe apprehensive because they've never heard of coaching before or, or they, they don't know what the result will be? I think so. Sometimes I feel like my podcast, like the majority of people I interact with, they don't interact with me until they've listened to a couple of podcasts normally. And so it, there's less of that now because I talk about it in my podcast a lot, but I think more of what I see is, yeah, coaching works for all these other people, but it's not going to work for me. Yeah. It's like special snowflake syndrome. Yeah. I call it unicorn. Um, the unicorn yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a yeah. unicorn. I'm a unicorn that's immune to, to being able to help myself. Yeah. And I think that's the power of having a coach who believes in you harder than you believe in yourself in the beginning. Like, I really can't imagine not like, I felt like my first coach believed in me more than I ever even knew was possible. And I needed that like extra boost for her to be like, this is going to work for you to take this step into investing what at the time felt like a lot of money. But I think when it comes down to it, all of our brains are mechanically the same. And you do have to first move into or shift your belief to what if it is possible though? What if it is for me? And I kind of associate it with fear and doubt. I talk to my clients a lot about don't start when we're making decisions, assuming it's going to fail or it's not going to work. That's the result we're going to create regardless of whether or not we do the thing or we don't do the thing. And I would rather you not be making decisions in this world based off of fear and doubt. I'd rather you look at what's in front of you and say, oh my God, best case scenario, this is what happens. And then decide, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's amazing. And I, I agree with everything that you, you just explained. I think that 
you know, so many people listening will be like, wow, Emma and Dorothy are so into coaching, but it's not, you know, like we said, the, the unicorn syndrome and all the other things. So I think let's end the, the episode by just imagining that there's somebody listening who has just gone through a breakup and they really want to build the next chapter. They want to build the Sunday so that the cherry can eventually come on top, but they're feeling a little bit hopeless. What, you know, we've said so many things and you've shared so many practical tools, but is there anything else that you would say to that person who, you know, just needs that little bit of, of hope that it's out there for them? Yeah. Just know that it's going to happen for you. Like I promise you with all of my being that it will happen. And the only thing that you have to do is not give up. Do not quit. If you don't quit, you will absolutely go out and create everything you've ever wanted. And it's just the beginning. Like that was just a glimpse of something that was bigger and better that's on its way to you. And now you can take everything you loved about that relationship and the life that you had imagined and go out and create that on your own and have a new person or maybe even your ex comes back at some point in a different kind of relationship. And you just get to have that person with the cherry on top. And I call, I kind of want to leave you with a story that was, it's just really inspiring to me. And it might be inspiring to you is I have a friend named Katie Arrington and she was a, she is an artist and she had been doing art for, I don't even know how long. And the thought that kept her going was my only job is to not quit. I will become a successful artist as long as I do not quit. And in one day, it changed everything. Everything changed where in one day she posted two pieces of art to the right audience at the right time. And she made like $200,000 in an hour. Her art is now famous. She is now famous. And she's now a coach that coaches artists to make money. And that to me is how this world works. That is what I see for you and your future right fucking now is that that moment for you will happen. You will get over your ex in a moment. You will find the love of your life in one moment. You will create outcomes that you've only ever dreamt of in just one moment. But the only thing that you have to do is not quit. I literally have goosebumps. I could cry. So true. Like, I know. It's yeah. emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That was so powerful. And it's so, so true. And I just, if anything, I hope all of the listeners today just take away that bit of hope at the end and just really just don't give up. If you're thinking of giving up, don't. Amazing things are coming. So thank you so, so much. And can you just let the listeners know where to find out more about you and about your amazing program and just to see some of your also amazing content because you give so much value um, for free as well. Thank you so much. Yes. So you can find me um, on the How to Get Over Your Ex podcast on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And then I also love hanging out on Instagram at Breakup Coach Dorothy. Thank you so much for coming back on. Honestly, it has, it's even given me so much inspiration and just so nice to record again. And I will see everyone on the podcast next week. Thank you. Thank you.